Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And welcome to the AEW Dynamite preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dally Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamflot and Michael Sidgwick here to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Dynamite. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Podbean. For daily wrestling <laughs> podcasts, where we review not only AEW Dynamite, but also Red Blood Baby. Raw, down on the show, formerly known as NXT, but oh, as well as pay-per-views and premium live events, we also have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a big quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Hamlet and Sidge, which look ahead to Dynamite tonight, and a, sounds weird to say this, Sidge, worryingly busy show. Yeah, I'm going to be possibly a little bit more generous than I would be ahead of the show, because after all, the... Number one mega fan, Matt Reigns, is going to be in attendance in Baltimore, Maryland. Who's that? And uh, I want him to have a great time. I'm hoping he listens to this in advance of the show to he get will. hyped up. He will. He probably will, yeah. Goddamn loser. And I don't want to piss on his uh, chips, actually. So I would describe this as a notch below the recent on-paper lineups. But is that not is that necessarily a bad thing? Mm-hmm. Strictly speaking, yes. But <laughs> but this looks like a really fun 7 out of 10 as opposed to, oh, that looks like a 9, but it was only a 7 on paper. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It looks like there's uh, some really fun matches, some mysteries that could yield even more fun. Um, it looks like a bit of a wild and wacky evening of episodic TV on the line. I'm really up for it, actually. Because um, <laughs> I think it needs something that doesn't look outright amazing in the ring because I want to feel like full gear is looking amazing in the ring. And this could be a nice contrast Mm. where you kind of calm the hell down on the match quality ahead of a pay-per-view because you want people to buy pay-per-views ultimately for match quality. I'm expecting some fun, some surprise pops, and some proper angle development at last. So one of the better 7.5s out of 10, Mr. Reigns. That's what I'm expecting out of tonight. And last week's show was great, wasn't it? Yeah, it was awesome. Is, uh, is Rampage taped tonight as well, or is it going to be live again this Got week? No idea. The reason I ask is because I don't know if these two things are related or not. Do you do our jobs? And yeah, <laughs> yes, please. The last couple of weeks, um, AEW's broken slightly from tradition and done uh, show-long angles a little bit more. 
things that have carried on. I know there was experiments with it. I think like the Mox Punk one sticks like sticks out. Well, certainly with MJF last week in the firm, it's something that doesn't necessarily just happen and then go away. And you don't get that again for two hours. And that was typically how AEW booked. And that really cool MJF Wheeler Utah. Yeah. And I just wonder if that's something to do with Rampage being on a different night because it does kind of allow you to have this big thing as a sort of as a finale rather than right, you've seen these three wrestlers now, they're gone. You're going to get somebody else in the main event, and then they're gone, and then you're getting brand new people again for Rampage. I just like it in general. I think it makes for a better television experience. I will sacrifice a half a star or more, I guess, in some cases, of the quality of every match if there's, I don't know, something that makes it feel like a little bit more unpredictable because the formula was becoming a little bit draining, and second hours typically would suffer as a result of that, even if the matches were awesome in the main event. And I just think last week there was, I think we probably, the consensus was there was nothing that was like all-time dynamite stuff in terms of an in-ring, Guevara, Brian might have been the one, but otherwise, it was just such a thoroughly entertaining show that you didn't care. Flew I, don't by, rem- I don't remember being bothered that the matches yeah. didn't like, hit crazy heights. I don't think anything on this show tonight is going to crack that four-star ceiling, but sometimes a three-and-a-half is really, really, really fun yeah. in a way that some four-star four star matches are hot. Ten a penny. The context matters more on television, doesn't it? Yeah. If they're contributing to a more fun two hours, I think you'd like it more than a four-star match that is somewhere every week. Uh, Rampage is live this week from the Jimmy Whelan Boardwalk Hall in New Jersey. Oh, ahead of next week's uh, pay-per-view. Are they in, is it Jersey all week? Prudential Center. So that's uh, like, is that four shows in Jersey then? So oh, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, so they got, uh, you got, uh, tonight you're in the Cheapskate Arena in, Bo- sorry, uh, Chesapeake Arena in uh, Baltimore. Uh, then you got uh, Rampage Atlantic City, uh, New Jersey, uh, Jimmy Wheatland, Boardwalk Hall. Then you got Boston, and then you got yeah, Total, Mortgage, Mor- Mor- Total Mortgage Arena in uh, Connecticut. Are you, are you okay? For the go-home show. Then you're in Newark, New Jersey on the Friday for the paper. That's pretty weird on the East Coast. Lot well, East Coast, Jersey, somewhere else, and then back to Jersey. It's a uh, tri-state area, I think. I don't even know actually. I don't. <laughs> I don't have Boston. What's, Boston what's, the, in the what's, tri? The, what's the tri? Is it New York? New, yeah, so it's, it's New York, New, York, New, New Jersey. Jersey. Yeah, so what's the third? Maybe Connecticut. Connecticut. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> one, two, three, four championship matches. Oh, <laughs> fancy can. <laughs> 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 Ambassador, you are spoiling us. Uh, what do you want to start with? Atla- uh, All Atlantic, TBS, Ring on TV, and then we've got a game to play with the, the Jericho stuff in a little while. Yeah, yeah. Let's start. The other host. I've written it. You dictate the conversation. Alphabetically, so we'll go All Atlantic. Triple threat, Orange Cassidy, Ray Phoenix, Luchasaurus. Right. This is what I'm... You, you hate this. Yeah. I'm into it. I think it's... M3. Look at these guys. I'm looking at this thinking, this is going to be pretty cool. Orange Cassidy and Phoenix. They had a match in the pandemic where I thought, oh, I want to see what that looks like. Hmm. And it was, it was okay. <laughs> and I think it ended with, you know, that, uh, I think it was to build one of the casino ladder match gimmicks. And Phoenix injured himself and took himself out uh, of the actual yeah. ladder match. So that was a bit weird. Um, but I think they've got far better in them. Um, Luchasaurus, a lucha, a lucha dinosaur, and the best lucha guy in the world. That should be incredibly fun. I just think it's a bit mad scientist booking this, where there'll be a spot where you think, are oh, you crazy bastard? 
that's why you've booked this match, and even though it looks random as hell on paper, and the idea of Orange Cassidy, the secret smartest babyface, now willingly volunteering to defend his titles in exclusively three-way matches <laughs> is weird. We were discussing this the other week. It feels like, are they doing this like bit where he's gone from not trying, not to 60 in terms of, oh, I'll try in a match where I'm mathematically more likely to lose my title. Is that the gimmick here? I don't know. It's a bit stupid, even if that's the intended punchline and it has, in fact, missed. Um, but yeah, this match, I think, is going to be oodles of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. I don't think it's going to be this classic by any means. It's going to be wacky and fun and really choreographed, but in a very cool and witty, funny way, hopefully. I just think it's going to be... It's going to put smiles on faces. Is it? Is it? And Cassidy's going to win. And you know what the, 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 the stakes are? I heard, Yeah, they referenced this in the road, too. Remind me. The, st- the stakes are that whoever wins goes on to Rampage on Friday to work the chosen dream match of the winner. That's it. That's the exciting bit of this. Yeah. And a lot of people have remembered that in one of those uh, God, dropped match graphics of the alternate timeline in which the pandemic doesn't happen, alongside Blood and Guts, one of them was for spring break, WrestleMania weekend 2020, that never really happened. Uh, Orange Cassidy versus Minoru Suzuki. And he's kicking about. And he's ki- he's always kicking about. So maybe that's the one. Like, it would just be the best. Like, everyone knows how it's going to go, and it's still going to be amazing. It's weird as well to say, is, is, look at this and not say it's hard to pick a winner, but it's hard to pick a loser because, like I say, I agree. I think Orange Cassidy obviously wins. But then you've got Luchasaurus, who has to kind of remain dominant. But then you've also got a champion in Ray Phoenix. I assume Phoenix eats the pin. Well, that's the problem with having so many goddamn belts is that statistically, <laughs> someone you want to book on Dynamite is going to have a title and they, in some cases, have to lose as Phoenix does here. Um, like, I too many titles. Don't be booking this match because the idea is the elite are presumably going to come back to rescue this trios division. And my understanding, not understanding, I don't know, my inference, my guesswork is that the elite are going to come back and have a fight with Death Triangle. They have to be kept strong, otherwise it's a formality. And I understand it's why it's... a formality it's di- anyway, isn't it? It's a formality anyway, but you don't want to like tell people yeah. it's a formality. Um, so I don't like that, but I, I don't want Luchasaurus to take the fall, otherwise, in theory, if I really cared, and I don't, Jungle Boy doesn't have this huge mountain to scale to get revenge if Luchasaurus has been pinned in a mm. match like this. And yeah, Phoenix is going to do yet another job. And I don't know. I think the idea is, oh, well, the elite being back doesn't really matter who they face. That's a story and a draw and something buzzworthy in and of itself. But you don't have to do something bad to get something good, Tony. As somebody that has watched years and years and years of people doing something bad to get something good, do you want a crap finish pitch for this? Go on. Um, so Orange Cassidy is down and... Luchasaurus and Ray Phoenix fight towards the ropes and Pac appears on the scene and tries to give a hammer to um, Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Christian Cage is there and there's a bit of a skirmish that breaks out over the over the use of the hammer and in the skirmish in the melee, the hammer hits Ray Phoenix in the face. Orange Cassidy isn't aware of this and hits the like big Superman punch on Luchasaurus who rolls out to the floor and then he kind of just falls on top of Ray Phoenix. Oh, well, I'll take that. I didn't cheat on purpose. And then Pac's livid because his bloody hammers ended up having Orange Cassidy win again. Phoenix has taken another fall. It's the death triangle dissension, which is going to lead to them probably splitting after they lose the elite anyway. 
and you've gotten out of it. AEW do these now where they get out of stuff a bit, even when delivering pinfalls, which is not the point of wins and losses. You shouldn't just be feeling like, whoop, got away with that one again, but they do do it. So that would possibly work around the problem of nobody really thought, like, really want needing the loss here. Mm. Uh, cool. Two, yeah. <laughs> two big lads going at it for the uh, TV title this week after all the events of uh, of AW Rampage last week. The ROH TV title, to be clear. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Samoa Joe versus Brian Cage. Yeah. It sort of feels like the wish.com of the cool combinations that these wrestlers could be involved in a little bit. Brian Cage and Wardlow was fantastic and reminded everybody of what a motivated Brian Cage looks like and what the, f- the fun of one of those matches could be. Um it's not like he needs to carry Samoa Joe. That would be unfair. But just keep this short. Don't expose anyone or anything. The longer Joe goes, the worse stuff gets. Warjo was working because he makes so much more sense in a tag context at this point in his career and can just put a ton of shine on Wardlow as well. So that's a great act. It's almost like typically you would do a tag act like that in order to split singles off here. We've got singles matches that delay the tag, mm. which is more entertaining. Uh, what, Cajun um, Powerhouse Hobbs, maybe now? Yeah, Hobbs that's, that's seems to be targeting Wardlow. I want to watch that tag match. Giant dudes crashing into one another. But this is probably the worst combination of the singles match combinations you could have out of this. Mm. And I based that on how good Cajun Wardlow was. I don't think Cajun Joe can do what Cajun Wardlow did. So this is going to feel like a lesser than through no fault of the wrestlers involved. I just don't trust Samoa Joe. I, I will be pleased if this is good because my expectations are incredibly low with Samoa Joe now. I think the title's changing hands here. You think? Yeah. Yeah. I think it adds more intrigue to everything if you do that. First of all, it gives the embassy, Prince Nana and his, his guys, yeah. Yeah. gives them a bit of emphasis because I, I love Powerhouse Hobbs, but he's well, he might be the one to beat Wardlow, but I don't think it's going to be happening anytime soon. Plus, it adds a bit of a bit of issues between Warjo of like, oh, you're right, you've got a title, I've yeah. lost mine, and then eventually down the line, maybe you have Joe face Wardlow for the title. The, the belt the, is so meaningless that you might as well do that as well. Like, it just doesn't matter, does it? He's a TV Ring of Honor TV champion. I'm trying not to be a bit of a grump about this because I campaigned very early in Wardlow's run, make it the host title, like create a new chapter of this title's identity. Um, bespoke and sort of model it around each new holder and Wardlow being the hoss of all hosses is a great bit hoss fights are fantastic and uh, yeah this is possibly one of the worst combinations of it the whole idea of the modern hoss fight works so well because it's a bit bloody big to be doing that (laughs) and that is the incredulous (laughs) appeal of it and I think wrestling got a little bit too cute with it but again do anything to excess and it gets bad. Dijakovic versus Keith Lee eight times on NXT during the Wednesday Night War. But I'm kind of ready for that style again. But the idea that Samoa Joe can work these really dynamic matches, which is what people expect now of the Hoss fight, I just, as he got it in him, he goes a funny colour when he's in there too long. He really sweats. He really labours. And this is why, and I've said this one million times, this is my version of Dave Meltzer talking about how good Jungle Boy versus Jake Atlas was in PWG. <laughs> but the mega fans hopefully will forgive me. Hopefully it's a quirk. Um, I've completely lost my train of thought. What was, what was I talking about? Was it? Were you going to say something along the lines of this is why Samoa Joe was the one signing too many? Yes. This is why I want Samoa Joe, who was the one signing too many, like I said all along, to be presented as Sting. Yeah. Sting is the guy who can still go somehow, even though he's from the 90s. 
Small Joe should be the guy in a trios context or a tag context. It was still good, despite being in ROH's peak years, which were approaching two decades ago now. Mm. Um, I just, there's some cool spots, like Brian Cage has got this really cool bit where he rampages to the corner, and the corner Urinagi could be like a great spot in this match. But yeah, really keep this short. Like, clash heads immediately. I don't want to see a collar and elbow tie-up. I want this to be six minutes over in a flash. Mm. Could Joe do the muscle buster to Cage's neck and arms and legs because he's got so many muscles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just keeps doing it. Wraps a leg around his neck and drops him again. I don't think there'll be a title change. Like, can't Joe seems to be one of those guys he really, really, really wants to protect. I don't think there's enough fanfare around this. So I think Cage wins. You think Joe wins? Yes, that's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think Cage is in the money tonight uh, on uh, Dynamite. But uh, Mikey Sidge from Newcastle, there's been a lot of talk online recently uh, about Jay Cargo versus Marina Shafir. What do you make of the Shut uh, up, man. TBS Championship match tonight? Look. Look. The first match, genuinely, I thought was a bit of an overachievement. Um, not so much that I'm willing a sequel into existence <laughs> and trying to manifest it. Um, but look, this is part and parcel of how Tony Khan books. Um, he will have Star beat Associate of Star to gain momentum ahead of match with Star. He's, he's done this since day one in All Elite Wrestling. Um, I'll say one thing about this match. I would never at the people involved telling them that I don't want to see it. Not a good idea. It's just rude in general. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, people can talk anything about me, as long as it's not, like, stupid libel, or, like, that is patently false. Yeah. He calls a cock. You can say I'm far too convoluted in my sentence structure. You can say that I'm pretentious. You can say that I think I know more than I do anything about my writing or ability. Um, Just don't at me. It's... (laughs) You can still have your foot and just don't be a... And if people and search for it and it's their name, that's up to them to find it where it's it, you know? And so. they, can, they can say that to you whether they know you or whether they don't know you. Either way, you know, they can say it on... Either the way, way, they can say it. So don't <laughs> add people as a general rule of thumb. Don't snitch tag as well. <sighs> yeah. Like, it's just if they want to see it, there is a function in which they can search their own name and see what people are talking about them. Just that could be achieved. All that said, I don't expect a great deal from this match that they haven't already accomplished. I didn't necessarily want to see it again. I'll say one more thing. Uh, Jake Hoggle's obviously going to win. Mm -hmm. That's not the thing I'm going to say. The thing I will say is that this match and how eh, it is brings into focus that it represents a downturn in quality from a division that I think, despite being obligatory, um, despite the approach to it being apathetic in the extreme token, it's really been pretty damn good of late. And this match brings into focus, ah, this is a real steep decline in quality compared to some of the matches we've we've been getting of late. So, yeah, just don't be a cock. So, you can be a cock, just not two people. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And it's going to sound weird, this. I know she's got the TBS Championship, but has she got the TBS Championship, Jay Cargill? No. um, We last saw her at Speed Nothing at the night in Nyla Rose's car, didn't we? Mm. Um, It's like, there's a sort of... Oh, what are you doing? Oh, no. But the thing is, it was neither all speeding off in a car. <laughs> it wasn't my car! What title? It was Jade Cargill's car! <laughs> <laughs> the... I completely agree with Cedric, by the way. Like, Tony Storm has 
I guess, been at the front of this as the interim champion. But it's sort of an imagined divide has opened up between... Of course she was interim. Yeah, the world champion and the TBS championship. It feels like this division is... And then the women's stuff that's been happening on Dynamite lately has been absolutely fantastic. And now we've had to go back to the stuff. And that's not the fault of Jade Cargill nor Nyla Rose. But it's just the all the stuff around I guess because the Tony Storm the quality Tony Storm matches also folded in the thing we're going to talk about later on the big angle that's probably going to allow for three women's matches on full gear assuming that they do get Jade Cargill that that occurred to me when we were talking to the officers like wow three women's matches both title matches and Baker and Saraya and I was like oh they could just scrap uh, Jade Cargill and Nyla Rose they could put that on Rampage instead they mm. keep it keep it nice and neat at two a full gear god forbid that eight hour pay-per-view gets more than two women's matches um, aye not much else to add about the match I think I think the baddies briefly steal back the belt and there's wackiness and hijinks and Nyla Rose nicks it and runs off with it again. So you said they'll, in all likelihood, whether it's on the, the buy-in or zero hour. Zero hour. Or the pay-per-view itself. You, you know your booking patterns. Mm-hmm. There looks to be three matches mm-hmm. on full gear, but there'll only be one match on Dynamite tonight involving women, won't there? Mm-hmm. Very nearly pressed the wrong button there, which means we still have to play the game. We there's, still have to play the game. There's of two big women's segments. There's a women's title match and there's a women's sit down. We're going to talk about it in a little bit, but as there is only one women's match, there's only one thing to do. It's time to play the game. Michael Cedric, what, what is that game? Well, the game is, and it is designed to satirize the obligatory nature of the AW women's division and. Try and nail to the second when the women's match happens to bring into focus, to shine a harsh light on how token it is and how it's not good enough in terms of representation. So the the rules of the game are, guess, our minute second of the first time you hear the first note of the first women's entrance theme on Dynamite in the one women's match they do, and the title of the game, of course, is Well, this is Ladies Nine. I'm thinking Ooh, What are the standings? Latest standings. Oh, that is a very good question. And I can't remember off the top of my head. <laughs> and I do not know what in front of Who me. Who won last week? Me. You won last week. Uh I think, wasn't it? I've got eight basically I've got eight correct. Sidney's got five correct, you've got three correct. That sounds right. Sounds about right, sounds doesn't about it? Right. Um normally it's it's Adam Wilton. Ah, the name escapes me from last week. I'll look it up whilst we're doing something else because I do want to give him the uh, acknowledgement acknowledgement that he deserves. <laughs> uh, but I'll just jump straight in. Uh, um, running through the show. Oh, actually, Sid, can you help me with that? I can't I can't really picture the... You know, I, I like to do it for my own process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you can just help us now. If you no, can. no, no. I'll, oh, you do it for your process. Yeah, I'm going to do it for my you process, not for yours. Here. Uh, right. I'm, gonna I'm not going to give you the clue. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think they're going to do Soraya and Britt Breaker in the first hour. I think they're going to do uh, 120, 42. 120, 42. You've got to be like a bit of a weed reference in there. You can't do 120, 42 without 420, <laughs> 420 bro. I think the um, it's one of the hardest ladies nights in a while because the card absolutely sucks ass. It's hard to work out what's going to be the opener or the main event because neither are hat. Mm. So with that in mind, I'll go the other side of that, and just say they do one of them wacky weeks, and they save the Renee Paquette segment for the second hour, mm-hmm. where maybe the match would go. And we'll I'll be just, slumped together. I'll just say zero hour, 40 minutes, and 10 seconds. Okay. And they go on second slash third. On Sitch, this you've got, you've got a, a difficult choice here, where, where you lean, and, uh, well, first of all, you have to lay out 
the show for us, of course. Of course. Big, big show. Six matches. Um, don't expect any of them to go particularly long. In the sit-down interviews, you have this thing in your head of like, oh, it's the big building the tension, the sit-down. It's over in a minute. 38 seconds. Because it's, it's, <laughs> it's Tony Khan's booking. So maybe I'm overstating how long this is going to be, but there's you know, the daddy celebration, and uh, oh God, yeah. there'll be some kind of angle attached to the Chris Jericho thing. So right, big show, big show, big show. So wait, what's even the best opener for this? Chris Jericho actually opens... John Moxley will main event because he's a champ. Or maybe the other way around because I want to build who it could it be. So Moxley goes first, right? So Moxley's first. So let's get into the zone. <laughs> let's get into the zone here. <laughs> right the phone. Bring the boom. Boom, let's go. Ignite. I'm a guy. I'm going to flash your flag. I don't know what's going on. Light the fuse. Bring the boom. Dynamite. <laughs> Once in a no always wild thing. Make my heart sing. And then leave my heart And then, you know, maybe the three way, because you know, a lot of things to look at when people want to tune out traditionally in that second quarter hour. But oh, it's a, it's a fucking dinosaur, actually. Uh, look at that, stick around, it's dynamite. And then, uh, you know. Top of the hour, one hour, and 22, no, 26 minutes. Ooh. I think it is, in fact, second hour, 59 seconds. I do think it's going to be one of those where it's like, you do it now. <laughs> is the main event going to actually be on? And you know what? I think 129.59. Is that what you're going no, for? No, 12859. There it is. It is Jose Palomares. Thank you, Jose. Last week, I should say. Thank say. you. Because normally Adam Blair, obviously, he's uh, not dead. Uh, he's um, <laughs> out of contact for the. He might, he might be back next week. I think you say he might be dead. He we might be dead for a few days. He could have a guarantee. <laughs> we haven't fact checked. We've got to tempt fate. Yeah, last week, just to clarify, thank you, thank you, Jose, for uh, keeping us up to date in this. It was one hour, 17 minutes, 37 seconds, and the current standings Michael Hamflet, three and nine. Michael Sidgwick, five and nine. Adam Wilborn, eight and eight. So all to play for this week. So what just run through the three sorry, I've just realized you literally just put your phone away as I say that. Yeah, so. <laughs> right. Sidgwick, <laughs> one twenty-eight fifty-nine. Hamflet. Deep he's yeah. going. Hamflet, nothing, forty ten. Wilborn, one twenty forty two to get four twenty in there. <laughs> Cheech hour here. Uh, and ha- if I was smoking, how would I? How would I sound? It depends if you've really top loaded your your spliff, <laughs> or if it's a particularly potent strain. Uh, indeed, that way it would just get a rush of uh, THC to your head, and therefore, love that Coldplay. Therefore, you would <laughs> say, <sighs> <sighs> "I'm <still> ready." <laughs> <laughs> 1 size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Right, final championship match to look forward to. Thank God. Uh, the Ring of Honor World Championship, Chris Jericho versus Question Mark. Uh, yeah. A former Ring of Honor champion, but he did clarify, didn't he, on Friday? Because, well, to be honest, on Wednesday, we couldn't hear what he said. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was why they had to. And Tony's like, I've got a mic, it's still not working, pal. Um, so, yeah, hey, it's any former Ring of Honor champion. It doesn't have to be a world champion, right? Yeah, he said, and I don't care if it's a former world champion. Uh, I'll take on a tag team champion, a television champion, a woman's champion, anyone. So anyone who's ever held gold governed by ROH and seemingly any context is all there to play for. Do you want it on a hand flip? Uh, I like the Jerry Lynn idea. The, the fact that obviously he was, it could just been for an angle because people, they've established every now and then that Jerry Lynn is this guy, the coach, the legendary figure that hangs around and helps. Uh, but he wouldn't even need to go. It could be the sort of thing, it wouldn't even, it would be a, a match that isn't really a match. He wants it. Jericho can sell fear brilliantly. He can show a load of ass. You don't need 2,000-era Jerry Lynn. You just need him to put in a really spirited old man. It's like basically a series of, you know, Arn Anderson's one spinebuster spot. It's a series of spots adjacent to that where Jerry Lynn gets this really cool gripping near fall. And he even he doesn't even need to hit it, but I bet Jericho would go up and post for the cradle pile driver. And what a two count you get from that. And what a nice moment it is if Jerry Lynn is physically able or wants to. And I just think that would be... It's I'm enjoying Chris Jericho versus Ring of Honor. But this one... Uh, because they've spread the net so wide, I do worry a little bit about the quality of the... Like, not so much the match, it'll be what it'll be, but the quality of the surprise, like how much of a pop will it really get? Is there a bit of a danger with that? I really like the, the, the pick of Jerry Lynn, but is there a danger of that, of you just encouraging more comparisons to WWE having the lead singer Nickelback, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. We're going up tonight! Hey! Tonight! <laughs> This is interesting. Said that Sorry. Sorry, I just want to give a nod to... It was a Motor City Machine Guns, yeah. So, right. Nickelback looking ass. We've got an interesting situation here because the fact that they've ran with the mystery silhouette gimmick means that 
<sighs> trying to really talk nicely around this, particularly since he's enjoying an extravagantly great 2022. It ain't going to be someone like Kazarian. Someone who's known to the audience, pretty much is still contracted to AEW, and it's never been the most fashionable, like, he's such a popper on BTE. He's mm. such an incredible professional wrestler still. I love Kazarian for more than he just does in the ring, but at the same time, is there anyone on the planet going, oh, God, I hope it's Kazarian. Mm. That's not the kind of name that you would squander on a mystery silhouette. You would just put him there and everyone would be like, all right, okay, that could actually be really cool because Kazarian can still go and Chris Jericho is still in great form. You don't do the mystery silhouette on Kazarian because I think the, the audience, the reaction of the audience would be, my expectations has been raised for someone crazy and that's as normal, quite frankly, as you can get. So if Kaz's music hits, they'd say something along the lines of, huh? You send Paul White out there, and he says, I know you think it's Kazarian. It's not him. So I love Kazarian, and I think people would be harsh if it was Kazarian. Yeah. And I think Tony Khan would recognize that he's not this—he's not a mystery silhouette guy. He's loads of things, but he's not a mystery silhouette guy. And it's not going to be Joe, obviously, he's wrestling. It's not going to be Adam Cole, because Jericho's not going to lose. Otherwise, he'd beat Danielson for no reason. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to go on for some time. So it's not going to be like a call. Along the Kazarian thing, it's not going to be a Daniels. So I think it's going to be someone you really would not expect to turn up in an AEW ring, hence why they've done the mystery silhouette. I did an article, right, which you can still go and read. It's still relevant for now. Whatculture.com slash WWE. Eight wrestlers who could be Chris Jericho's teased mystery opponent. Um, and on that list, Tomohiro Ishii, Often works stateside. Gato does not care that he loses or when he loses because he's the best 50-50 guy of all time. The AEW record sucks ass. Yeah. <laughs> he's, uh, it's literally 50-50. Yeah. Cole and he won against, with Orange Cassidy against his best friend. Um, so it could be him. And it's very much, he would get a pop. It would be a really fun thing. So it could be Ishii. Um, I, look, this is ridiculous. And I felt naive writing it, but... Maybe just in some abstract, cosmic way, I try to manifest El, El Generico <laughs> into existence, but years and years, like, I, he might be completely off the grid, so I... He's been disappeared for ages. He's just been disappeared for absolutely ages, so I don't think it's going to be him. I, I, loads of people want it to be, but it's... Come I on. mean, there's probably a guy who could be a good honorary Generico, but yeah. it, they probably can't even access him. Basically, every modern luchador's yeah. an honorary yeah. Generico because no, they're all pale in comparison to how great of a babyface he was. You need a full-blown mm, Generico. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Um... So it's not going to be him. I just thought I'd write that just in case these things work on this yeah. universal cosmic level. Um, Davy Richards, right, has this <laughs> stigma of, I'm not doing a job. Oh, I'm too good to do a job. But if you look at his cage match, right, since his, he returned after a four-year hiatus in 2021, he just loses to people you've never heard of. Like, he really has sort of changed, mm. but the stigma hasn't. So maybe he, him coming in to do a job, Davy Richards would be class. Like on an ironic and earnest level, because he's got both of those qualities to him. And I'm trying to think of who's a mystery silhouette guy. I put Jerry Lynn on there as well. Um, it would be so funny, given the whole get the hell out of here that Chris Jericho gave to CM Punk the other week. Where if this is Cole Cabana's return, <laughs> it would be exceptional value. But w- would you do that at this point? They've Cole Cabana. 
he's going to get CM Punk out of the arse now every single time he wrestles. Yeah. And it's going to be pretty harsh. And maybe they are trying to think of a way to bring him back. Because after all, oh, actually, I was going to say, um, there's no reason why they can't, but there never was. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, my indications, I thought, Matt or Nick Jackson, they've held tag team gold. <laughs> and it's, again, just like the generical thing, I'm trying to manifest the JAS versus BCC thing, simply ending, and the BCC thing becoming a civil war. And because there are so few trios, the elite versus the JAS, which you could ignite by having Matt or Nick Jackson make the shock. Christ, get in, they're back. Oh, they got cheated out by Jericho. That brings out Omega and Matt on the uh, Nick. Because the Elite versus JAS works because they've got different philosophies to professional wrestling, just like the BCC and the JAS do, with the idea being of now that we've gone, you're trying to turn this into sports entertainment. No, we got a different vision. We don't want to be that. Hence why this company exists. And you could have the Chris Jericho, uh, sorry, the CM Punk versus Cody feud, but between Chris Jericho and the Elite because. They both have got a claim to, well, who really launched this company? So it could be them too. But it's going to be someone of that ilk, like an unusual name. I know I'm droning on about this. If I had to put money on it, I would go with Colcabana. <laughs> well, that discounts one of Dalton Castle's boys. A current Ring of Honor champion. You know, Chris Jericho took out Alton Castle. They could do this effect a boy, and that could be the whole point of why it's a mystery match. What, like a three-second match. Bang, elbow at the face. Aye. Have we... Did you mention... Is it hometown? Would it be hometown? Baltimore? Homicide? Was he uh, New Jersey? He's New, jo he's New, New York. Jersey. New York. Another tri-state guy. Another tri-state guy. Well, that's why there's a regionalised pop on old... That's right, of course, Grand Slam. Rampage Grand Slam, yeah. Homicide? Could be yeah. him. Well, I, I, you two are far more... You know what? I think it's going to be Homicide. You two are far more knowledgeable about this than I am. So I thought instead... It's time to play the game! And the name of that game, of course, Michael Sidgwick, is I've got the Ring of Honor uh, Tag Team Champions page <laughs> open up and uh, you're going to run through it and you have to pick a number. It'll tell me to stop and then that'll be the name that we've picked. <laughs> Which are rich champ? So uh, we, I'll give you a go each. I'm scrolling through it. So basically, yeah, because rather than just do Ring of Honor World Champions, because we kind of covered the most obvious ones there, um, I've got the the tag team champions page up, and I've got my I've got my cursor here um, because it's not like laid out like you know roster page. Um, so I'm gonna scroll through, and then uh, yeah, Hamlet, you tell me when to stop, and that is our secondary or my pick for uh, for who it's going to be facing Chris Jericho tonight. Stop. Well, that's likely as El Generico, Roderick Strong. Oh, that'd be so cool. That'd be cool. Turns out he'd got his release. And that's why they're doing this diamond mine thing. Uh, Siege, you want to have a go as well? Yeah. Okay, I am scrolling again. Stop. Dragon Lee. Oh, my, oh God. my God. Was that the one we last saw getting turned on by Roosh? Yeah. Um, Brother. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're looking to get back to that. Maybe this is their route in. So close to Alex Shelley and Chris Sabin there. Yeah, they've worked an AWP for you this year. Hanson. Yeah, not spectacular anymore. Oh, so I saw Hanson. I thought, oh, I'm Bob. That's going to be an absolute banger. <laughs> but it's from WWE. You know, we found out that... He's um, actually broken himself there. We found out Hanson have a residency at Epcot. Did they? Yeah. Murray saw them. Andy, <laughs> Andy H. Murray has seen Hanson live. He kept that the download with his black metal snobbery. <laughs> Yeah, the street cred. I make it sound like he, you know. I'm sure it was either that he was just walking through the park and Hanson were playing because they play Epcot, 
already planned a trip around going to see Hanson live. Yeah, go on. I'll let you decide. John Moxley versus... LTST. If it's Hanson, what did the Young Bucks come out to in PWG when they were sort of being the happy clap of babyface types? Was it Umbop? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the H stands I was going to say, Hansen. I was really hoping you were going to test me on... The H stands for Hanson. I was really hoping you weren't going to test me on the Hanson back catalogue there because I was going to run out after one. <laughs> Love that. Uh, probably had one single second one. I was like, ah, you've got a bit uh, M.O.R. John Moxley, Lee Moriarty no nostalgia for the 90s and I was a 90s kid. I got plenty, but I've not got a great deal for Hanson. A little bit. But, yeah, wrestling. John Moxley, Lee Moriarty tonight. Yeah. <sighs> it's not been the best couple of weeks for Mox. He's had a decent match with Butcher and the Blade. Nothing match against Daddy Magic. A subpar match against Penta. I no longer have the guarantee that Mox is going to do a four-star, really cool, violent, dramatic, entertaining match. I, over the past three weeks, I, don't say, I wouldn't say his match of the year, wrestler of the year, sorry, um, candidacy has been dented, but I no longer feel like, yes, the best wrestler of the year is coming on my TV and I can't bloody wait. I think the last month has kind of had a bit of a uh, detrimental effect on his aura, quite frankly. Actually, <laughs> um, but Moriarty's a great opponent, um, and I really miss seeing him on TV because I think he's really coming along as a TV star at a really good pace. And I think this could be a really inspired match that doesn't really draw a rating or feel big. But I think seven, eight, nine minutes into this, you might start getting the feeling of, oh, I've missed him. That's the best wrestler in the world wrestling on my TV, and this is cool. Um, I think it's been a really cool, intricate grappling match with a bit of violence behind it. And I'm not doing cartwheels over the prospect, but again, seven, eight, nine minutes in, I really think this will start cooking. Yeah, it's. Um, I don't know if it is something to do with Moxley's form, because I haven't felt it's been bad, but now you say that, maybe that's something to do with lowered expectations, because I didn't... You know when they did the, well, we've lost the Willie Uta match, but here's a Moxley match. I didn't have that buzz of... Oh, great. Mox is on Rampage. I've got to tune in. He didn't make it a destination because he's just not been waking maybe to that level lately. did like the tag he was in, though. Um, I think I'm just low on this because it was it's bad booking. Not good booking. <laughs> like, the match is interesting. And I think as it's taking place, I'll be really glad that it's happening. And I think it will surprise. It won't, like, John Mox is great. Liam Wright is great. It won't surprise people in that way. But as a thing that you didn't really think you cared about, I think it will surprise on the night. I think it could be one of the highlights of the show. It's just... Really rubbish, lame booking. He's feuding with MJF. Well, he's fighting MJF for the title. Uh, he's won one relatively easy routine match. And then Lee Moriarty is another relatively routine easy match. This would scan. We've said this before. There's no rule to it, but some matches scan better as fixtures and angles. And this would scan so much better as a fixture. The champion's challenge idea has been undermined by Penta finding him in a car park and Matt Menard getting a match out of thin air. So that doesn't really hold any weight anymore. It's not like somebody's been on a little run. It's just having them do that half and half thing on Rampage was, I think it was worse for this match than better because it's like, oh yeah, like Lee Moriarty is great, but he's in this kind of jobber stable where he needs eight guys. Feels like fake angle advancement because the real quiz is MJF and Moxley. I always go back to the example. I don't know why it's this one that sticks in my head, but the week where Wardlow had to squash Sean Spears, it was fun. 
But this idea that it, like Sean Spears was going to weaken him for MJF felt totally fake. Don't work me. You're filling television time now because you've got nothing left before the main event. And this is sort of what this feels like. It's, if the firm had nothing to do with the MJF stuff, I'd be more interested in it. But yeah. Because, but because they're the, the running guys at the moment that are getting in the mix, he's just he's just a warm body to bulldoze over on, on route to the pay-per-view. So it's there's no drama in it now within the match they might find some. Yeah, is it as, is it as straightforward as, yeah, obviously Moxley wins. Um, Moriarty yeah, puts on a great performance, and no doubt he's a fantastic wrestler, and uh, it's going to be a showcase of that. And Moxley put the the, uh, the praise on him on, on Rampage, which you said you're in with the wrong crowd. Is it as simple as, because Ethan Page seemed to suggest on Rampage, I think it was? Rampage. Um, that MJF's not going to be there this week. Mm. That, oh no, who's going to help Moxley? It's Kingston, and then he can chuck himself in the uh, tournament. As well, yeah. yeah. Ethan Page and Kingston are really good mates as well, so they've probably been lobbying to work together at some point. I liked Ethan Page. I like that as a final, actually. Yeah, I thought Ethan Page made a very good accountant for himself as a potential winner or runner-up in that tournament. So Page and Kingston suddenly feels like the player, doesn't it? Yeah. Especially if MJF's champion by then, you line up Kingston as a first challenger. Now, I know we already talked about the uh, TBS Women's Championship match, but we've got another big women's segment tonight. And Two! That, and that is a <laughs> sit-down, Soraya Britt Baker face-to-face with the brilliant Renee Paquette. Oh, my God. Who stole your catchphrase. Yeah, she did. <laughs> she did. <laughs> she I just, see this one She going. listens. She didn't just steal, she listens. Oh, and we're yeah, grateful yeah. for Renee Paquette's listening. Still waiting on that five-star review, Renee, but still. Yeah, you can get something reviewed if you want. It, <sighs> review it when Maurice slapped you. Wilbon wants to talk about that at length. Oh, my God. Yeah. I should have a, that as attached to it now. You dropping your pen sound effects. I'm, I'm, I'm worried about the point Cedric made earlier on. about This being way shorter than, like, Rene Paquette's uh, sit-down with Brian Donison and Wheelie Uta. They raced to the point of, Wheelie is getting kind of pissed off with these questions. This has been going on three minutes. Like, it takes a lot to get wound up that quickly. Mm. I worry that this could be really, really short because the potential... Uh, f- for it is is great. Um, Soraya is a, a star and can talk, especially in this context. A scripted environment, I think, will really benefit her. Britt Baker should be this fantastic cocky heel that believes herself to be leagues above this woman that has not wrestled in years, that she shouldn't take ter- seriously, that she feels threatened by it. Like, all the pieces of this whole thing fit really, really well. I'm really hyped for the match, and this is the best opportunity to increase that. I just hope they don't sell them short. The thing about this is it went from last week they couldn't stand to be in the same room as each other to now being in the same room as each other. I think that if you establish this environment, the Renee Young sit-down interview, as this really respectful place where you just come, build the match, they create a sanctity around it that in the 15th time they do this, if a fight breaks out, it'll feel like a transgression, like, don't do it here, for fuck's sake, Mm. that kind of thing. But it kind of makes no sense given where the story's at for them to just sit down peacefully. So I don't know how this is going to go. I do expect it to be far too short. And it's a shame because the whole point of this is you get to build and build and build the tension and the sense of unease. Like the famous example of uh, Foley and JR sitting down. It's like, is JR going to be okay at the end of this? And it was just an, a sense of a tone of unease just pervaded the whole thing, permeated it. So they never... Uh, they need to watch WWF in 1997. That's what they <laughs> need to bloody do. Um, I do have an idea for a bit. Go on. It's a shame that they've kind of done something similar, I guess, on Raw, where Brock Lesnar was late for the similar thing with yeah. Bobby Lashley. If Renee's there, and Soraya's already sat there, 
Um, if she starts with, sorry, I've been told that Baker is running a slightly bit late. Oh, no, here she is now. And then Baker can come in and go, Britia! That's good. That's good. <laughs> and then sit down and Soraya can do the eye roll thing and then he can build the tension from there. She can call her a no good limey Brit and then say that she'll pay for all her family's dental care. She'll do the work. Fly your family over and I'll do the work for you uh, after the pay. Yeah, yeah, Very I like Just hope Soraya's got more zingers around Brit's name to come. That's what I'm looking forward to. God. <laughs> Forgotten that. Yeah. Um Yes, um, but it, hopefully, yeah, they will establish. You know, there is agreement that they will they will not touch each other. It's a you know an agreement for this, uh, which thankfully hasn't been ruined previously. Speaking of which, Darby Allen and Jay Lee are taking got him taking taking each other on tonight. Siege. Uh, it's tonight the night we find out Darby Allen's weakness or yes. Sanjay Dutt and Jay Lethal's old friend, <laughs> Uncle Hat. No, no, sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry, wrong notes. Yeah, they've been really pushing it for this week, so it is going to happen this week. This is... I think. I, I think. Excellent. This is weird. Um, there are three people in the uh, the heel stable, and there's Darby Allen and Sting. Are they going to... Like, Sting usually gets a pay-per-view match. So is Darby Allen's weakness guy going to end up aligning with him to make three and three? Mm. Who knows? Or are Sanjay and Satnam just not going to do anything and it's going to be Jay Lethal plus the guy who knows all about Darby Allen's mm. weaknesses versus Sting and Darby? Um, getting a bit pissed off and bored of the Sting and Darby party pay for you. I know the matches are typically great, but maybe because the last one wasn't, it's like, I think, I'd, well, I think I'd rather see Darby Allen in a story. The Rampage one was ruled. It was Grand Slam against... Brody King and Buddy Matthews. Oh, that was good. Yeah. Class. I'm not bored of it. Stop. Just enjoy wrestling. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. My bad. Yeah. It's on uh, me. It's nah, on me. You're, you're allowed to be bored. Um, we watch Raw though, so not really. Um, <laughs> so who could it be? Who has history with Derby on the indie scene that isn't Ethan Page? That if Ethan Page wasn't yeah, there, Ethan that would have been a really cool way to. So I don't. Who knows his weakness? Uh, Who is he feuded with extensively? Said him. Who would have beat him half to death in Evolve? Anybody interesting? I know it was Evolve, there's nobody interesting. Um, in off the top of my head, I can't think. Um, Brody King, but it's a bit, yeah, it's a weird mashup, and we've already seen it. And you don't want to play that one too much. Darby Allen's weaknesses are his weekend hobbies, it's not a physical person. <laughs> they can't like bring out a partner, jumping off bridges, <laughs> your, your close personal friend. Johnny Knoxville there. <laughs> Is there anyone in AEW law that I've not really seen who has got a history with Derby? Does Kip Sabian do anything with him in the early days? He's not done anything since not he was shouting at his box. Not particularly. No. Might maybe did a, tri- a trios at the first fight for the fall, but nothing worth revisiting. Miro? Oh, don't hate that. I do not hate that. Well, I can believe something, all. so that'd be good. Yeah, yes, anything. Miro? Because he does know the weakness, because he exploited the weakness um, to win the TNT title. Wilborn, you're on a streak of coming up with really great ideas, and sometimes they're so great that when AEW don't do them, I say, get this guy as a creative consultant. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> and it sounds like I'm taking the piss. I'm not. I love that. Get him in as a finished guy. You're killing our wrestlers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do like that. Yeah, I had to pull that out of my ass. I don't know where that came from. That really plays into the... That would be the party match, wouldn't it, as well? The six man that would be the the Satnam Singh Miro showdown at the pay per view. Yeah. yeah, but then he'd have to align, turn on him, and then align with him again. Ah, it's Darby Allen, though, isn't it? It's like 
Yeah. Okay, and Miro kind of is a bit like that as well. Isn't it? <laughs> my, my, my God says it's all right this week, so I, <laughs> yeah, I, guess, yeah. I guess I will face you for the good of the universe or some bullshit. And I just you know, put, put a belt on him for belt the redeemer for Christ's sake. I'm sick of listening to him. <laughs> he can't be because he never talks. <laughs> That's true. He's not even there anymore, is he? <laughs> Uh, finally, Michael Hamfoot, uh, it's uh, Daddy Ass's big birthday bash uh, tonight, although I'm not sure whether or not he's going to make it. Uh, what did you make of him being kidnapped by Swerve on Terrible. Rampage? Terrible. He cut his fingers off. That was implied. That was, if he didn't, what, what happened? He's broke them. He can't, he can't walk around. Sorry. I do, I do my thing on, <laughs> on his chair. I like, I like doing this thing where I just sort of, you know, the back end, back legs of my chair and just touch the wall. School, yay. <laughs> um, what was I talking about? So unprofessional. Um, Daddy has his fingers. Yeah, you can't walk around with knee fingers. You just can't. Like, forever. <laughs> like, it's... Oh, but, uh, Rampage was like... Yeah. <laughs> he Ra- cut my thumb off! Wow! Rampage was on a... Yeah. Rampage was on Halloween or next to it, so we decided to do this spooky season gimmick where he cut off his fingers, but you, know, you can't really attach them. Yeah, you probably can't really attach the fingers. So, yeah, we probably shouldn't have done that. He's broken his fingers. Remember when uh, Finn Balor, in an otherwise awesome, even for the dank Capital Wrestling Center match with Pete Dunne, but he, his fingers had been manipulated by uh, Pete Dunne so should. much that when he did his, like, shooter thing, they were like, yeah. all over the place. Yeah. So Billy Gunn could come out like that, like, oh, sorry, look at my fingers. I've only got safety scissors. Yeah. <laughs> They're so obsessed with delaying the gratification of an old man going with the young lads. If it was a smart Mark Sterling contract storyline, now it's Swerve and the Halloween stuff. I, I hate this. I just cannot be arsed with any of it. I wish he'd like frigged off and joined DX again, to be honest. I'm not bored of it. Like I'm ready for Swerve and I'd like to take the belts back. Less interested in the acclaim than I was. I can't be bothered. Like there's something, something nice is going to happen and they're going to get the scissor. Like Billy Guns are like, my fingers are fine actually. And flick the knees. And then they're going to scissor and that's going to be the pop and it's, Lazy and like, let's have a match. Scissoring through the pain. Yeah, I <laughs> oh, sell it. Selling the pain of it is he. Ugh. Yeah, it peaked with the national scissoring day. Yeah, I'm starting to worry about that as well. Do you know what? I'm glad he got his fingers broken. I'm gonna say it. If he wants to appear on other wrestling podcasts that aren't as good as ours, I'm glad he got his fingers broken. There. Really? I said it. What podcast did he appear on? I'm not even gonna give him the time of day. But uh, if you didn't know. Yeah. Oh, remember when Jericho kidnapped China and smashed her fingers with a hammer? What? You know what that was? That was a stupid idea by bad creative. <laughs> so how dare AEW do the same? Yeah. Get him! Let us know your thoughts. Ahead. Actually, the China one was better. A hammer was pretty cool. Let us know your thoughts ahead of AEW Dynamite tonight on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. What I say, you can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at Michael Hamflit. Follow Michael Sidgwick at um, Sidgwick. I had a boss in a bar job that would go, time to lean, time to clean. Anytime you were just like taking a break for a second. That was that was her catchphrase. She wow, would walk around the bar and catch you. Awful. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Adam Wilborn. And shout out as always uh, to Jose Palomares at the Ho 11 on Twitter, who will be uh, doing all the... Not, not the, what's the, the the details, the numbers, the other oh, the data. Thank you for uh, <laughs> this week's ladies' night. But for now, this has been the Dynamite preview. My thanks to the Daddy Boys. Oh, subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, Data Wrestling Podcast. You know the usual thing. Yeah, not the Road Dogs.
thing. Mm. He was a five-star review, just to make sure. Or busted just open. Put, just put the boot Arsenal's. in a little bit extra as well. Uh, yeah, we'll be right back to review this show tomorrow. Who knows? Maybe later on today, another podcast coming your way, you lucky things. What? Uh, right. <laughs> for now, thanks to the Daily Voice. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.